The following program contains vintage advertising. None of the commercials featured here are the result of any paid endorsement of any kind. Telehell presents... Commercials of the Damned. In the world of athletics, no company has been more prolific, even to this day, than Nike. Many competitors have nipped figuratively at their heels over the decades. But thanks in part to some big-name endorsements and the occasional lightning rod of controversy in this day and age, it's pretty hard to deny that Nike all but corners the market when it comes to athletic apparel and being told exactly how it can be did in a justly way. Of course, it wasn't always this way. For a period of time in the late 80s and early 90s, another worthy adversary decided to lace up its own shoes and attempt to leave Nike in the dust. That company's name was, and still is, Reebok. Reebok! Get your body! Get your For most of the 1980s, Reebok and Nike were competing neck and neck, or should that be toe to toe, against each other for sneaker supremacy. In 1988, Nike wound up with the upper hand thanks to tying in with a superstar who was on the rise. Thanks to Jordan's success in revitalizing the Chicago Bulls, he and Nike teamed up to create one of the best-selling sneakers ever made. Originally called Nike Air, a balloon built in to the heel of the shoe that contained compressed air that provided its wearer with extra comfort and support. Suffice to say, the shoes were a hit, and as Jordan's popularity continued to grow in the NBA, the Nike Air soon spun off a more marketable shoe, the Air Jordan. With Nike's success looking like a runaway, Reebok had to come up with something just as unique to catch up in sales. Thanks in part to a recent acquisition of a sporting goods brand that sold inflatable ski boots, company president Paul Fireman, designer Paul Litchfield, and the industrial design firm of Design Continuum captured lightning in a bottle by taking that inflatable ski boot design and refining it into a prototype for what would become the sneaker of the 1990s. Sure enough, Reebok found its biggest success in something that was marketed as performance under maximum pressure. Or, to put it in abbreviation form, it was the pump. Hey, I can imitate almost anything, but no one can imitate the pump. The original, the pump, from Reebok. Of course, if you've been listening to all of our episodes so far, you know by now that we're not here to talk about somebody's successes no matter how insurmountable they can be sometimes. We're here to talk about one of the unfortunate byproducts of that success, the pebble in the shoe, so to speak. An element that, while it was arguably effective in boosting their sales, raised a lot of questions, problems, and concerns. Particularly, just how far would one be willing to go to sell a shoe? For the answer to that, Let's lace up our size 13 sneakers, because it's physically impossible to make a size 666, and take a jog through Tele-Hell. Reebok. 
Reebok's pump sneaker hit stores in November of 1989. Built with its namesake pump on the tongue of the shoe, there had never been any shoe like it on the market before. So unique was this shoe that those who endorsed it in the initial run of the ad campaign were more than eager to take a dig or two into their top rival. Thanks to the advertising firm of Shiat Day, Reebok was able to get early stamps of approval from top sports stars of then and now, including NBA legend Bill Walton. If I could play today, I'd pump up some support, protection, and a custom fit. Pump up and air out. Golf legend Greg Norman. I pump up for support, protection, and a custom fit. So before you tee up, pump up and air out. Slam dunk specialist Dominique Wilkins facing off against a CGI backboard. It's the new Reebok double pump. Now get back up there. And long before he became North Korea's favorite ambassador, a pre-hair dye and piercings Dennis Rodman. When I'm pumped up, I get support, protection, and a custom fit that's unbeatable. I'm a hot dog. But when it comes to protection, this is no bull. Pump up and air out. But even if Reebok didn't have those endorsements, the shoe remained the star, thanks to just how unique the design was. So much so that Reebok was looking for a unique way, other than a typical endorsement, to tell their customers that their shoe was more superior than anything Nike would make. On St. Patrick's Day, 1990, in the middle of that year's NCAA College Basketball Championship, CBS, who aired the games, put on the following commercial, one that is largely dialogue-free, so we hope you don't mind us doing a play-by-play. We open on a shot of a tall bridge somewhere in a random wooded area. At the edge of the bridge, we see two men attached to bungee cords, one in a red jacket with blue sweatpants, the other in a blue jacket and red pants. Under the caption of extremely dangerous, don't try this, both men are staring down at the raging river below them. Cut to the man in the red jacket pumping up his Reebok pumps. While for a split second, we see that the man in the blue jacket is wearing a pair of Nike Airs. In an intense, super slow-mo moment, both men take their plunge off the bridge. In a heart-stopping 18 seconds, we see both men making their way down toward the river until they ultimately reach the point of snapback. The scene is slightly chaotic for a moment until we see the shoes of the man in the red jacket and blue pants. Suddenly, after 45 seconds of near silence, we hear an announcer. The pump from Reebok. It fits a little better than your ordinary athletic shoe. And as the announcer speaks, we see a pair of sneakers with no body occupying them, swinging past the suspended diver. Suffice to say, there are problems with this spot, particularly the notion that if you wear anything but the thing that's advertised, there's a good chance you're going to die. I feel the same way whenever I go out to eat, but I digress. Sure enough, people complained about the nature of the spot, not necessarily for the message of it, but because of everybody's favorite excuse, fear that the young people who were watching the spot would attempt to try it for themselves. Which means it's time for us to use one of our all-time favorite Simpsons clips. Think of the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? No, stop. Think of the children. Think of the children. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the 
children! Now that we got that out of the way, here's what happened. According to an article from the March 23, 1990 edition of the New York Times, and we quote, parents started calling Reebok to complain that the advertising might induce children to try the dangerous feat. What especially distressed some viewers was the commercial's unexpected ending. The commercial was shown on CBS, TBS, and Fox broadcasting stations. After just one showing of the commercial during the telecast of an NCAA game on Saturday, CBS informed Reebok that it would not run the commercial again. Shortly after, Reebok decided to also stop showing the spot on cable television. Reebok revised the commercial, adding an announcement at the beginning on the dangers of the stunt, and has resubmitted it to all networks for approval." End quote. While that was the case, most of the networks rejected the new spot anyway. You would think that with such a polarizing piece of advertising being put out there, that it would wind up having an adverse effect on the sales of the shoe, right? Interestingly enough, this story has a twist ending. In short, the pump became a worldwide phenomenon by the end of 1990, selling over $500 million worth of merchandise compared to only $10 million that Nike would make off of their air shoes and would remain so for much of the 90s, culminating in major endorsements from the likes of Shaquille O'Neal and rap legend Tupac Shakur. While sales of the shoe are not what they were in their heyday, it remains a beloved brand for Reebok to this day, thanks to continuing modifications to the shoe's design, as well as an increasing nostalgia factor for the brand, going so far as rebooting the brand in 2005 under the name Pump 2.0. Just around that time, the Reebok brand was acquired by their other main competitor in footwear, Adidas, and has remained one of the most durable athletic brands in the world today. So... How close to the river Styx does the pump's bungee jumping stunt land in telehealth? To find out, let's pump up the nine circles. Limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, wrath, heresy, violence, fraud, treachery. Let's get the obvious one out of the way. The implication in the commercial that somebody either died or, at the very least, got horribly injured while performing the bungee jumping stunt in the first place. To say nothing of the fact that the jumpers weren't even wearing helmets when they did. No pun intended, but that would be a shoe-in for the violence circle, no matter how dramatized it is. Another obvious one is what resulted after the spot aired, in terms of the audience complaining. Their think-of-the-children-ish outrage prompted advertisers to re-edit the spot, or in other cases, chose not to air the spot altogether. So with that, wrath is definitely in full force here. At the same time, this spot was trying to make a strong enough point so that Reebok would eventually gain the upper hand in terms of its sales over its chief competitor, which may sound perfectly normal in terms of the business world, but to use such tactics to get ahead seems slightly more evil than it lets on. The love of money is considered the root of all evil, so greed winds up making a three-point shot from downtown. And for good measure, the fact that the commercial tried to convince its audience that if you wear a competitor's shoes, you're more than likely to achieve bodily harm. While Nike could have sued for such a slanderous claim, they never really brought it up. Possibly because competing brands often knock on each other all the time, and more often than not, it is in good fun. Never mean-spirited. Still, though, Reebok making that claim about Nike almost feels as bad as having a rival fast food place say that their competitors' fries are easy to choke on. Tough call, but we gotta give this one the heresy circle, too. 
The least Nike could have done in retaliation was say that the pump might not have been a good shoe when running away from a bear attack or something. It might not have been a fair thing to say, but at least the playing field would have been even. Sort of. The Reebok Pump bungee jumping commercial earns four out of nine circles of telehell. While on the surface, it was one hell of a way to get people to notice the brand and not suffer that big a loss because of it, it's still kind of bordered on the lines of good taste. In the interest of full disclosure, I've been wearing various brands of sneakers throughout my life, and all that matters to me is that they're comfortable, they don't slip on slick surfaces, they don't seep water when it rains, and that the sole lasts more than a month of use. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what you wear. If the shoe fits, just make sure that they're tied tight when you go bungee jumping. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Next time on Telehell, since we've reached the halfway point of our first seasonette, this would be a good time to talk about things that we would not touch with a 10-foot pole. All of you in this house are fake, and I want you all to know that I can't stand any of you. Don't worry, folks. That's just one example of the things that we will never review in a million eternities. Until next time. If it's not in Telehell, it's not worth a damn. Telehell was written, produced, edited, and narrated by me, Justin Hart. All clips used in this program are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, and all clips used come courtesy of their respective companies and owners. Some of the music used in this program comes courtesy of YouTube and their audio library service. Additional information for this episode has been verified by the New York Times and mentalfloss.com. Telehell is a production of Horton Road and is distributed by Libsyn. Oh, one more thing. Just because we watch a lot of TV doesn't mean that we don't want to socialize. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter, both at Telehell Podcast. And of course, you can also go to our own page, telehell.libsyn.com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Libsyn. Just search for Telehell.